0: hey fellas you know what time it is it's time to get manscaped that's right even if you've done so recently always nice to touch up the boys because you got to take care of them so that they'll be taken care of and they'll be taking care of you you get manscaped using that lawn mower 3.0 it's got the technology that makes sure that you don't get cut you don't get nicked none of that out stuff i've used it many many times no issues whatsoever But that's the business end of it. Then you get to the stuff that really makes you feel good. You got the spritzer, you got the deodorant, you got the shower gel. All this stuff going to make you feel good, going to make you smell good, even going to help to prevent that chafing. That's right. It's going to make sure that if you give the attention to yourself that you know you deserve, you're going to get that attention from others that you know you deserve. So get Manscaped. You use that promo code DNBR20. You'll get 20% off, plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. And Go. in the air, deep right center Go. field. Drives is high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20. You will get 20% off Your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, potentially life-altering Strava Craft coffee. It changed my life. It could change yours. Not going to have any of those caffeine crashes or jitters. Even can help with migraines. It's helped me with a lot of that stuff. So make sure to use that promo code and get your 20% off. I am your host, Drew Kreisman. I do have a cup of Strava Craft coffee in my hands to speak with beat writer Patrick Lyons on this day, we had a whole thing planned for all of you that we're still going to get to in terms of the Rockies facing off against each other. Some of the fun matchups, some of the most interesting potential matchups that we have uh, have seen or could see. But first, Patrick, of course, we've got to get to the news of the day. There's a number of things going on in the world of baseball, but if you're a Colorado Rockies fan and judging by the fact that you've tuned into this, you Probably are Uh, the big news of the day, of course, and really around baseball is the sudden, (laughs) but I should mention reappearance of Charlie Blackman. He is back uh, at camp ish with the Colorado Rockies. We saw his face for the first time today. We're allowed to speak with him through a Zoom meeting uh, after this kind of dome of silence had really been around. We didn't know exactly what he was doing, how he was feeling Uh, what the plan was. We got some answers today. I can't say we got too much definitive. uh, But the big thing certainly that that I think most fans out there wanted to hear was Charlie said he feels great, you know, and, and he wants to get back out there and play. That He really only felt sick for a couple of days and that ultimately his biggest challenge in getting back on the field is in his mind, not really recovering from the symptoms of COVID, but really getting his body into playing shape with what is an extraordinarily truncated version of spring training.
1: Yes, the mythical man from Georgia Tech became the mystical man today as he have just happened to appear with very short notice ahead of time that he was at Coors Field and uh, we imagine he'll be taking some practice today and he will uh, be doing some baseball activities, uh, as well as all the rest of the Rockies will be doing in uh, Monday night's intra-squad game, as they've been doing for the last few days. And it was really great to see him, uh, not just physically, but to see him in good spirits and sounding like you know the Charlie of old and sounding like a guy who has recovered from this, someone who wasn't impacted very much. Uh, by the the virus and a guy who's ready to take the next step forward uh, a part of this 2020 rockies team and contribute and in his words hopefully by opening day
0: yeah so you know there there was a lot that was said but like as we've been talking about literally five minutes we were all set up to come on and and speak to you all at our normal three o'clock time to, to do the the live show and it was like hey got to go talk to Charlie. That obviously uh, uh, took precedent. So a lot was said. We haven't had full time to digest all of it, go back and reread everything. I, I wanted to dive into one or two things really quickly. First, the off the field stuff. Uh, I will say, you know, Charlie said some interesting things. It, it, he was trying to walk that, that very fine line of what you were just discussing. And I and I think from a baseball fan perspective, that is the fairest thing to worry about, to, to wonder about, I should say, is, you know, how intense were your symptoms? You and I have discussed when it comes to the roster and, and moving forward how it's going to impact the team. If there are lingering things, people have talked about some of the things that can linger with this, that impacting your health and therefore, of course, your play. So it is important that we know and that he even come out and publicly say, this was very mild. I feel like this. You know, for me, he's even said he's had flus that were worse and and some other things. And so, but he also kept reiterating every time he said that, that lots of people have other cases. He he needs to be mindful of everyone that's gone through this much, much more severely. Um, and, And that he recognizes that his experience is not necessarily everyone's experience and and it it is kind of a fine line to walk because you can only speak like all of us you know I don't, I don't know that we can only speak for our own experiences but certainly that's what we can do with the most confidence and you know for him it was a this has been a very mild thing I feel like it's completely behind me and you know in the the wider world there may be a question about is that the best message to be sending right now but in The world of sports, that's the only thing anybody wants to hear. And in the world of caring about the human being, Charlie Blackman, that's the only thing that anybody wants to hear is that this was mild and that he's okay and he's ready to go.
1: And he's answering the question that was asked of him. You know, how are you feeling? How is your health? Not – You know, how is your health in the grand scheme of what this virus has been doing to people, what it's been doing to our country, you know, to our nation, the decisions that leaders are making, you know, all around the world. She's like, dude, I play right field for the
0: Rockies.
1: (laughs) Precisely. So, So it's nice to see that, again, while his answer might be, it really wasn't too bad for me. You know, I've I've had I've had worse viruses, or I've had I've had the flu that has impacted me worse, um, and it really wasn't a big deal. That being said, I don't want that to be the only thing that's taken away from this because that was my experience, and I get it. I get that there's other people that haven't had that, and kind of in a roundabout way, you shouldn't hear what you know, a four-time all-star, a guy who's making $20 million a year because he's good at picking up a baseball bat and he can hit a round ball, like, because that's what happened to me. And that was my experience. That's probably what's just going to happen for you, you know, parent of (laughs) four children living in a middle-class home and, you know, X, Y, and Z, like, no. So he, he gets that. So it was nice to see him You know, be able to, like you said, kind of not so much straddle the line, but make it clear that, you know, he's a public figure and he can't just uh, blatantly state the truth in this situation that impacts everybody. It's not, hey, how's the hamstring? Well, you know, let's keep in mind some of the social issues going on in the (laughs) world today. (laughs) Like, wait, what does that have to do with your hamstring, dude? Right. What his health, you know, in regards to. COVID-19 obviously his answers have an impact on our nation so again he did a good job making sure that he you know hit hit all the right notes that he needed to and, and because he actually felt it. He, it wasn't as if he was reading from a script or anything like that but did make it clear like this is my experience no one else should think it is going to be theirs because it, it may not be. We are all different people and this is all going to impact us differently if and, and, and when we catch it.
0: Right. Absolutely. So, since it's time to talk about the on-field ramifications of the return of Charlie Blackman, you know it's time for me to crack open a Breck brew. That's what I do when we start talking about stuff on the field. I've been preferring the Mile High City Copper Lager as of late. Also, that Hot Peak IPA has been hitting me just right. You get that really cold Hot Peak IPA in these Mm. hot summer months. Really, really enjoy that. Uh, if, if the IPA is not your thing, if, if it's too bitter on the other end of that, uh, and I will say it's not the hoppiest IPA in the world, but if that's not your thing, the other flip side, you need that Mile High City Copper Lager. You can get it at Davidson's Liquor. You can have it delivered. They You can do curbside pickup. They do a fantastic job with it. You can find it at just about any King Supers, But the best place to get it is down at the Farmhouse, because if you do that, You can use the promo code DNVR, and you get 5 bucks off both the food and the beer, which is a pretty awesome deal. It's very rare that you're going to get a discount that's both on food and beer. So call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Get your pickup order ready. Big fan of their wings, and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I'm a big fan of their beer, and so... I mean, look. If I literally, if I turned the camera that's on me right now to the right and opened this door, people would see an embarrassing number of Rec Brew uh, cardboard 15 can. I love that they have 15 cans in their in their sampler packs. It's it. more than 12, which it's, is nice. That's what it's. I mean, we're good at the math and not, You don't come to us for this kind of analysis for nothing, folks. So. Um, <laughs> as we crack open our, our brews with on field conversation, the return of Charlie Blackman. And again, if we're taking him at face value and assuming he can evaluate his own health, that was something he said today as well. Like I'm very confident. In my ability to evaluate my own health I was like, fair enough. You did kind of, you know, with a lot of other people's help, I assume invent a regimen that I don't know that too many other people in the game have. And it's kept you out there putting up offensive numbers near your peak when you're at the same age of Carlos Gonzalez, whose body has completely abandoned him. Um, And we've talked about that before. So I do trust Charlie Blackman's ability to some extent. And even he gave no guarantees today saying he didn't say I'm going to be there opening day. I'm going to be ready to go. He said he wanted to be. He admitted that was quite a challenge. And he said, it's better that, you know, I miss those first couple of games if I have to. And the hedge I see here is Skip the first road trip, be there for the first homestand, right? If he felt really good, I could see them taking him as a DH and and still needing him to recover. What if he's still getting his legs ready? But the hard but even that doesn't make a ton of sense because what you really need to get back at this point is your timing, is your game speed, is your 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 ready-to-go-ness. So what do you think, Patrick? What what do you think the timeline for this is gonna be? If we're assuming He's healthy, and now it's just getting a, a body that hasn't played full speed baseball in several months ready to go to do that.
1: Yeah, I think the effects of altitude, you know, could be a factor here for Charlie. Normally, in the spring, there in, in Arizona, where there's you know at least a little bit of elevation, it's not sea level, and uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, it it sounded as if he was back home in Georgia, where you know he should be in the comfortable. Right confines of his his full-time home his off-season home so he's he's there relaxing again at at sea level and uh getting um strengthening those those red blood cells and and getting oxygen in there and you know it it takes a little while you know full disclosure it was several weeks ago i went back to new jersey and although in a lot of ways I was was not in my best, my, my top peak physical condition because it was sea level. I had more energy than I had anticipated. Like, oh man, I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I didn't get as much rest. I ate too much for the previous night for dinner. Yada yada yada. A little more stressed out, stressed out than normal, and I actually you know performed better physically in the exercise that I do to keep myself uh, in game shape. Uh, I, I, it was so much better. And then when I came back here, you know, 5,000 feet, you know, higher than, than the coast and, and then, then what Charlie's dealing with in Georgia, it, you know, I've still felt great for a little while. And then eventually living at altitude, you can start to feel the effects of that. And, and, and I feel fine now a couple weeks out. So, you know, Charlie Blackman's in way better shape than I am, but I imagine there'll be some, some similar, you know, uh, uh, time for him to kind of you know come to fruition with with you basically evolve that those physical abilities that he, you have to deal with when at altitude and so the impact of that we might not see until next week and that's when the games begin that's when they're going to texas uh and actually in less than a week because they've got a game on on tuesday the uh, that would be the 20th 20th and 21st in, in texas so, you know, they've they've gotta get ready for that. And I think that's a pretty good point to jump off from is that all right, just just miss the first week of games, which isn't even seven games. They're like, well, a week is seven days. Well they got the the, the an off day uh, before and after the two game set with Oakland, so that it would actually he's only gonna end up missing five games. You know what? Stay, train, use that extra week. they will probably go a lot further. Than than anything else, so you know they got the DH when they're at home, so they'll still have that opportunity to allow him to slowly get back into the rhythm of things. And you know this means you know Matt Kemp is is going to have to get himself in you know game shape a lot quicker in regards to playing right field now if Charlie's going to be the DH. So you know that's 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 not a problem, but it it just you know it, it. that's the, the shape of things right now as far as trying to balancing all of these guys who, you know, might not be in their, their peak physical condition or even their, their peak age because they're in their mid-30s, right? Between Daniel Murphy, Matt Kemp, Charlie Blackman, you can only have one of those guys at DH. Um, the other one's got to play the field or both of all three of them are in the field at the same time. you know I don't think
0: that's going to happen.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> right.
0: But you that. could
1: have two of them. <laughs> right. Because if you don't, then one of them you're going to have on the bench, and, and you might not want that. So, again, while we might be a week away from, from games, pretty much, I'll still there's there's a lot that needs to happen and a lot that can shake out even with that first road series as well as the first week at home uh, at the start of August.
0: Yeah, I like a, a, a platoon of Sam Hilliard and Matt Kemp Um in, in right field essentially for so uh, obviously Hilliard being the strong side of that you're going to see more righties though I haven't looked at the schedule specifically and and projected any other teams starting rotations that far out and thought well here's where they're going to face lefties still yeah I you know I I'd, I'd wince a little bit at the idea of Matt Kemp as as your starting right fielder in the interim um especially against right-handed pitching especially because I do think the the highest ceiling lineup when Charlie does come back, if you're going to ease him back in as a DH, which makes all the sense in the world to at least start that way is to have Hilliard out there and Charlie in the lineup, especially against a right-handed starter. That's just, there's so much pop and and, and potential in that lineup. So unless Hilliard, you know, just has a terrible summer camp or something like that, we'll see. But yeah, I kind of like the idea of, of, you know, they've never done straight up platoons before, but, They've also never had 30 man rosters in the designated hitter before so
1: And they've also never had a pandemic to deal with as well. <laughs> also that and, thing yeah and it, and it's nice that it, we're at this stage now again so close to um, opening day of, of this abbreviated season that the health of David Dahl hasn't been a factor now right. again, we, d- we don't know what conversations you know he's having um, with with his wife and his family and that's that's entirely. Um, his right to, to do that in,
0: in privacy, right? But we know he there's... did tweet out his uh, his his locker room. You see that is uh... <laughs> precisely where I was going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so he's he, like, Live there's a, a lot of players. The
1: right. Yeah. There's 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 plenty of players there are still having those conversations. Like, well, let me at least see what it's like when I get back. Let me let me see how serious my team is taking it, and if it if it all is going well, then I will stick this out. But if it beca- if it becomes a, a cluster you know what, then I'm going to tap out. So we don't know where David Dahl is in, in, in that that stage. But uh, as you alluded to, Drew, that that's where I was headed, was that it's nice that the Rockies use their quiet room, which uh, just came about at the beginning of the 2019 season. That was one of the new uh, things they had added as part of the that kind of final stage of renovations to the entirety of the clubhouse, and they gave that you know, just to David Dahl so that, you know, as as a high risk player, he now doesn't have to mingle with anybody. The only question I have is will the other ballparks that the Rockies play at, you know, will the will will there be the same accommodations for David Dahl? Will will that stadium have a quiet room? Obviously if it's the global that's light a field that's, that's a newer stadium. Yeah. yeah, that that's a newer stadium so you would think they would have an amenity such as that available? But if they've got uh, a player yeah. that needs that, not so much. Jake Diekman is a guy. He's with Oakland. He's, you know, he's also um, has an autoimmune uh, compromised, and you know, he's he's willing to play. So if the Oakland Coliseum, which is a rather old stadium, it's one of the five oldest in the game right now, still in use, you know, if they only have one spot for him, you know, their guy is going there. But what happens to David Dahl? You know, don't know. Hopefully, you know. Again, that's that's one of those details that MLB really needs to work out. And they're, you know, I'm not going to say they're they're behind on things, but man, it's like each and every day you come to the ballpark, there's just something new that pops up, and you say, well, what do we do about about this situation? Because we have players that are still testing positive for COVID nineteen. Well, rather they'll take a test Saturday, practice all day Saturday, and Sunday morning found out that they tested positive. Well. Tell me Oops. that yesterday, because yeah. I was just practicing all yeah. day at the stadium. That was the case with the Royals and Cam Gallagher, one of their three count them three catchers who have tested positive for COVID nineteen. Crazy. So again, still so much has to be worked out, and I, I I don't think the situation has been ideal, but it's we're trudging along. It's it's okay. It's okay.
0: So yeah. Yeah. Well, uh that's that's just where we're gonna have to leave that for now. Obviously, we're just gonna keep our eyes on these things as we move forward. Patrick is about to make us all a lot smarter by taking us around the world in not Rockies news. But before we can do that, you gotta make sure that you're getting yourself a lot smarter by heading over to MSU Denver online and checking out the programs they got, the classes they got. It's at MSU Slash online. And I'll tell you what, they've got absolutely phenomenal teachers, phenomenal programs, internet service and situations that work and have been for a long time and are not just being thrown together in these last couple of months. Starting out a new degree, you're finishing one off, you just want to learn a new skill. Pick up a new bit of information. If you're like me and you watched one musical about Alexander Hamilton and now you can't get enough information about the American Revolution and the War for Independence and you need to know everything you can about this, take a couple of classes at MSU Denver. It can be fun, it can be informative, and it can help you make the most out of this world as as you try to navigate it. Because as we've all learned in the last several months, You never know what's going to come your way. One of the best defenses against anything that the world is going to throw your way is a great education. And I can personally vouch for the fact that you can get one at msudenver.edu slash online. All right, Patrick, what's going on in the world that I like to call not Rockies?
1: Couple things. Uh, we Today, uh, on Monday, we had the 13th player uh, opt out or at least elect to not play in the 2020 season. That was Cardinals uh, reliever, 100-mile-an-hour uh, off-speed type guy, uh, Jordan Hicks. Uh, he, he became the 13th player uh, after, uh, over the weekend, Michael Kopek, another young player with you know, less than a, a handful of years of service time. Yeah. Also electing to not play from the tw- for the 2020 season. Um, and that, that goes to the list that we have of, in, in no particular order, Ryan Zimmerman, Tyson Ross, his brother Joe Ross, Ian Desmond, Mike Leak, who was the first, uh, Hector Noesi, Felix Hernandez, uh, Wellington Castillo, the fourth member of the Nationals team uh, who, who sat out, Nick Marcakis. David Price, and, of course, Buster Posey. So a lot of guys in in this early going. You and I, Drew, I know we we talked off the air saying we thought the number would – before the season, I thought it would be about 60, two two per team. And then, okay, after the first day, it was only those four guys. And I said, all right, maybe it's only going to be one per team. It's only going to be 30. And we're getting close to that number, and I think ultimately we'll probably reach 30. I think it's just a matter of – Players, again, wanting to see what it's going to be like, you know, at at the stadium. What are the safety protocols? How is it going to go down? How serious are their teammates and, and the personnel and the staff? How serious are they going to take it? Because if they opt out now... They will, will not get service time or uh, a paycheck, right? And the service time is the one you, you probably want most because that means you are one year closer to free agency and, and possibly a pension. So that's the one you can't afford to let go of. So if you opt out now and then the season gets canceled, even in two months, I still think you probably lose – that service right. time. I don't know right. that for a fact. Um, again, there's so many mi- minor details in all of this. But if you show up to camp, and you're like, "Oh man, let's see how this goes." I'm still on the fence. And they cancel the season. That's a win for you, where you don't have to worry about the stressors of of dealing with the coronavirus. But you also get your service time. So we're at 13 now. It might be hard to to finally get to 30, but. Uh, it seems like there's a a lot more guys that are willing to see this through than than you or I really kind of had anticipated.
0: Yeah, and you know I I can understand why that's the case for a lot of them, and and you know we're we're just gonna have to see how it all plays out there on the field, and whether it turns out that that was um, a wise way to go about it or not, we'll we'll know before too long. That's right.
1: TSN uh, up in Toronto, one of their reporters, Scott Mitchell, uh, reported that Blue Jays players, they're going to essentially be in a little bit of a bubble. Um, Canada's doing a nice job trying to handle their COVID-19 cases. And uh, this goes for Blue Jays players, as well as anyone traveling into the country, that uh, players who are spotted you know, outside of the ballpark or outside of the stadium, their hotel bubble, whatever it is, uh, may be subject to jail time uh, and or penalty uh, of up to $750,000. And that is, that's something that's interesting, it's particularly the jail time. The the money, I mean, again, these guys are on a uh, prorated salary. So if you need to be making $2 million in order to be able to to pay that bill. Now, now granted, you just, you lost all of your money for this season, but still, like, there are a lot of guys, the Blue Jays are a very young team, um, which means they're not making a lot of money, and they might not be all there upstairs, fully de- developed, uh, uh, you know, in making mature decisions. So if one of those guys, you know, makes a poor choice, man, that would that would be really bad. Uh, and it's, it's, also, it's basically one of the reasons why Toronto has reached out uh, to the not just the city of Buffalo, but the, the stadium that they have there. It's a AAA facility of the International League, the Buffalo Bison uh, play there. So there's some thought, you know what, let's keep this all contained within the United States. Uh, that's not to say they want their players leaving that kind of hotel bubble, if you will. Uh, but it does kind of reduce any worry uh, that there might be that, you know what, people are crossing lines, they, are, they might be carrying one thing to another and and say what you will about finding someone or throwing them in jail, but the ramifications of spreading a disease like this—you can't you can't put a price on that, right? Seven hundred fifty thousand right. dollars for you know getting a droplet on one person that ends up killing them—like that's that's not a that's not a trade. That's not a fair trade. So right. it's probably best to just keep it on that side.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know it's. Hey, we walk in in interesting territory and water with conversations like this, but we have to because this is the things that you know sports are going through, and with Canada as a, as a part of, like, I, I don't know how much the average listener knows that right now Americans are not allowed to travel abroad for the most part because of how bad the virus is here. I'll just state it that way, and so it it's just there's. There are very real pragmatic problems with letting anybody from our country into your country. And um, there are going to have to be measures like that. I will say something here on the other side for people who are going, that's so extreme from my very brief days studying the law for a little while, mostly from a philosophical and political standpoint, less than because I was never going to be a lawyer, but up to. Is always a word you want to you wanna check. Uh, these things are often at the discretion of lawyers, judges, and whoever files charges in any particular case. A DA can uh, choose to show discretion uh, of a person very mildly breaking the rules versus blatantly flaunting themselves breaking the rules, which is where you might charge them with the most, which would be jail time and Seven fifty k, But people are going, oh, my God, automatic jail time and a $750,000 fine if you just barely break a rule that you didn't know existed. No, no DA worth their salt in the country is going to charge a Major League Baseball player that harshly if they just barely break a rule there. They they barely know it's good. You're going to have to be flaunting it and being really dangerous and disrespectful. And and, and, well, yeah, dangerous is the word in order to. For for them to even consider jail time, just yeah. so you know, that's an up to that's an and worst the worst possible sure. punishment you can get. Yeah.
1: And Toronto is is one of those sites I know that um, has thrown their hat in the ring as as far as the NHL season and being one of those sites and how that differs from MLB. As you say, well wait a minute, they're okay with hockey but not baseball. Well, no, they're okay with people staying within the bubble of Toronto and playing, you know, the, the, the tournament, you know, the, the season that NHL uh, is doing. Tune in to, to DNVR Avalanche because those guys uh, have got some, some great coverage, Nathan Rudolph, A.J. Hayfley, uh, and Evan. So they'll, they'll break it down a little more specifically, whereas what we're talking about in baseball is guys going from a series in Tampa against the Rays up to Toronto and then going to New York to play the Mets or the Yankees in Philadelphia and you know Boston, all these cities, and then coming back to Toronto again. Whereas, you know, the, the situation that the NBA and the NHL has created is one in which it says, look, if we can kind of create this you know pseudo hermetic medical seal around this location, nothing gets in, nothing gets out, we're good. Something gets in, now we're screwed. But you know what? We can kind of control that a lot easier than having all of these moving pieces going all over. Even if it's, right. you know, with 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 completely respectful. Even if it's within reason. To okay, you're going there. You're going there. All right, that's fine. You you got to go to the, you know, uh, drugstore to get some some cough drops or whatever it is you might need. But in that bubble that the NHL and NBA are, are trying to create, all that stuff is just right there for you and therefore you never leave and potentially contract
0: something to bring back and spread to everyone else. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this has been a bit of a downer so far, but <laughs> like, it's just what's going on. But now we get to have a whole lot of fun. Sadly, Patrick, well, we're, we're not able to lay bets on any of this stuff. We're not able to lay down money on any of these things because when the Rockies play themselves, you know, this just, they don't they don't put down lines on that, sadly enough. There isn't enough history there to quite weigh the numbers. But uh there are games coming up here very soon as we talked about that you're gonna be able to lay some money down on. There's gonna be not just the games and who you think's gonna, you know, win the division, win the world series, prop bets, who's gonna lead the league in saves, RBI, home runs, runs scored. We've already given you some advice on two of those categories so go back and make sure you checked those podcasts out but if you haven't yet now is the perfect time to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with all of the sports coming flooding back it's a great opportunity to get a little skin in the game to make it a little bit more fun potentially fatten your wallet a little bit and to do so with confidence because DraftKings is totally legit Located right here in the United States, not one of those weird offshore operations that, you know, you're not sure if your money is safe and secure. Well, with DraftKings Sportsbook, you know that your money is safe and secure, that you can deposit, withdraw your funds whenever you want. And here's the best part, because you can get a sign-up bonus of up to a 1000 bucks when you use code DNVR. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25X playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-522-4700. Drew, if, if
1: I say one more thing about DraftKings Sportsbook, are you going to have to read that whole thing all over again?
0: I think so. I think I, I think I got to go back and read now. <laughs> Are you sure? No, 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 I don't. <laughs> right, well,
1: I, I was just gonna throw in that I, I saw that if you bet twenty five dollars on the World Series, you do get a twenty five dollar free bet. So I'm throwing that in there too, especially there before the lines change. Now Charlie Blackman's back. Are you gonna get the same payout you would have before?
0: What, I was gonna say, is the line move? Do we know? Is it, these, this is great podcasting. I was gonna say could, because could definitely
1: of, fluctuate. There's a $25
0: bet on on the Rockies to win the World Series right now, especially knowing that whether he's back for the first couple of games or not, Charlie Blackman's going to be available for the Rockies to play this year.
1: And they got cool things like face-offs of like, which team is going to win the most games, excluding playoffs? Padres, Diamondbacks.
0: Ooh, so you're Mm. just
1: going between those two. Who are you going to take? Mets, Reds. Like those are kind of fun bets, especially if you've got random knowledge of of two teams, and you're like, "All right, I've actually been studying the the Tigers uh, because I, I like a lot of their prospects. I'm seeing what's mm-hmm. at the major league level. Same thing with the with the Orioles. Again, you can bet who wins the most games, excluding playoffs, the Orioles or the Tigers. That is a, a one of the team futures head to head that you can actually make. That's, that's pretty am- cool. That's, that's amazing.
0: Fun. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. I can't. I can't find it right off the top of that. We'll have to do, we're going to have our guys in at some point for you and talk about these lines. You might want to go in and, and download the app early, though, and, and check where the Rockies are at now before people start hopping on that. They they, they might be a popular team. I could totally see that because the the payout's going to be about big. Throwing down 25 on the Rockies could pay out pretty huge if they actually end up winning this thing. Do some
1: scouting now ahead of time. And then if you are watching this live on Monday, in an hour, 5 o'clock, the DNVR Bets guys are going live. You can pop in, ask them one of those questions. If you're listening to this Tuesday morning, again, 5 o'clock, Monday through Friday, uh, Ryan Koningsberg and Andre Simone, they, man, they got some heaters. They are on a serious run. They are kind of untouchable. And they were doing it for KBO too, so they – you don't necessarily even have to know a lot about these sports. You just have to know about the right angles. And, man, these guys
0: know the angles.
1: They the do. Man, they just do. It's,
0: they they know what's up. And it's, it's been awesome seeing the, the fire they've been having lately. So let's get into our final topic of the day, and that is, of course, the Colorado Rockies versus themselves. Uh, it, it's actually been – i I found it more entertaining than I initially thought I would seeing some of these matchups. Um, but i I wanted to get for you f- from you first Patrick. um have there been any like individual like specific I, I don't mean like this player versus that player. in general, it was cool to see them against each other. I mean like an at bat that has stood out to you that we've watched so far in the these handful of days we've been seeing live batting practice and in intra squad games. I think it might have
1: been Hilliard against Rawlison. I just mm. like those those two lefties against one another. You know, obviously the, the pitchers got the advantage, but Hilliard is the more veteran player and, and, and is ultimately trying to prove like, don't platoon me. I, I got it. I can hit lefties. You know, that was that was right. the knock on Charlie Blackman for a while until he established himself and you just go I don't care who's on the mound for the other team. Charlie Blackman, I'm pen, I'm I'm, I'm sharpie ing him. That's a verb, verb Wow. <laughs> sharpie ing uh, him into the lineup. You don't need a pencil. You need a sharpie because Charlie yeah. Blackman he can hit anybody. So Hilliard's trying to do that. He's got a long way to go until he's he's Charlie Blackman and and we know how Dave Magadan the Rockies hitting coach thinks that you know he he sees a lot of that in Sam. So that was a cool matchup to to see that. Uh, I think Hilliard got the, the the best in that matchup, and Rawson looked really good up to that point too. So it was it was ultimately a, a really good performance by both guys uh, overall. But it's like, okay, who wins this matchup in particular on this day? And to see what they do the next time they face each other, they might not. They, usually the the pitchers they're not they're not going very long, so they might not get an opportunity to face someone twice. But you keep that in the back of your head, and you go, okay. The next time this guy is up on the hill, what's going to happen in that matchup? Because that's the closest thing that we we have to spring training games and the adjustments you make and say, "All right, I need to stay out of his happy zone," or you know, if I am going to come in there, I got to make sure that I am I am up a little bit more uh, because if I am down, he's going to be able to get get the bat head out on that extend. And, and take me for extra bases, but I want to go back in there inside. I just gotta make sure I elevate it a little bit. So it's amazing to see what those adjustments are because it's it's yeah it's Rockies Rockies, but it's two guys making adjustments immediately based on what they just saw.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the kind of stuff I've I've been hanging on and, and like you said it it's the process. You've got to see those processes. You've got to see the guys making adjustments. That's why for me, I think it was maybe one of the very first that we saw, but the the matchup between Jermaine Marquez and David Dahl, because what got out and what we were all talking about, and, and we should because Dahl got him for a home run, and he did that at a, a time when the pitchers were way ahead of guys. But Marquez got some big swings and misses, right before that, because his curveball is ridiculously difficult to hit. And I would suspect, given what I know about baseball and how these guys' minds work and having talked to them over the years and how they operate, that David in his first live BP at-bat of the season was trying to time up a fastball. And so he unleashed two ugly swings that if it had been a fastball, he might have made perfect contact. But he swung right through a pitch, Look. Totally ugly. Marquez thinking, well, he's going for a fastball. Let's see if I can throw the best one I've got by him. Marquez knows what he's looking for, but throwing him a curveball in that situation as a pitcher doesn't do you any good either. You know, you can get a guy to swing and miss at a curveball if he's looking fastball. So he goes, okay, here's what I'm going to do I'm going to throw the best fastball I can and see if I can beat him with it anyway. He missed a spot by a tiny bit. Turns out David had him timed. Got him. That's the kind of stuff that you're. And, and took him the other way. Took him. Took him deep, Oppo. If I recall correctly, right? No, I might be replacing that with a McMahon home run. There's been a lot of eye. opposite field. I know the. Yeah, guys. A, it's yeah. crazy. Walters almost hit one out. That was the other one I was going to bring out because I tweeted about it. People were like, did you just tweet about Tony Walters almost hitting a home run out to left center field? Yes, I have watched Tony Walters play. I think take every major league at bat he's taken so far. That's the farthest I've ever seen him hit, and uh, and it's like, and that's where again people say, yeah, it was against Rocky's pitching into just, but no, 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 no. Tony did not have that power before to come a foot away from hitting the ball out to the deepest part of Coors Field, left center, um, and it was off like a guy who was bringing heat, maybe a Tinoco or or somebody like that, I think, and he got it out there. Um, and Tony's been putting on a show in BP as well. Walters is is has got some pop in that bat this year, man. I think we're. I think you were on this a couple of weeks before I was. I think you may have even been on this in spring training 1.0. And I was going, oh, I don't know. I think Walters might hit a a couple home runs. He might hit more home runs this year in 60 games than he did last year in 162. What? Because he hit one. Say one.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and to say, oh, you hit you know you hit five. Let's say it's. Uh it's a big improvement over one but he's gonna get five and, and, and 60 that's a you know a real possibility or even again just just seeing his slugging percentage rise right because even you know doubles turn into homers and you know even still Tony didn't have quite as many doubles and a couple he had to leg out so uh, it's, again it's just part of the evolution of his game you know where you just try to establish yourself as a major leaguer it's it's you you see that in josh fuentes he finally made his debut last year now he's going to try to stick around a little bit longer and you know you you might might see him uh you know get overexposed at times and you go i don't know that i like what i see well again that's that's one of those steps it's it's very much like the, the the stages of minor league baseball except you are taking those leaps and bounds you know, at the major league level where you go from, hey, I made my debut, I'm a, I'm a young guy, to, hey, I'm trying to figure it out and do it on a long-term level, and then eventually I'm establishing myself as being a quality everyday player, and, and eventually you can become an all-star. It took that long for Charlie Blackman to do it. Right. I think once Tony Walters, you know, he started doing it in 2018, then 2019, you go, don't, you're, you're crazy if you... Say Tony Walters shouldn't be the starting catcher because look at what he's doing defensively behind the plate. So he goes and does that, elevates his game, keeps that, and then works in the offseason a little bit more on the offense. And he, he takes a step up. So now, when Tony's in the box against uh, any number of lefties, so you know, Monday and Tuesday when they have those inner squad games, I'm going to be looking to see what he does against James Pazos, Phillip Deal, and, and Jake McGee, too, who, who you know, I know has reverse splits, but it's still. Tony Walters isn't necessarily thinking that he's just going up there looking to do well off of a lefty who can hide the ball relatively well, and and to anyone who who says, oh you know well, this isn't a real fair uh, way to to observe these matchups because they're not watching tape on each other to get those advantages and well that goes both ways right Clayton Kershaw is watching you know a video on Nolan Arenado to get a right. leg up Nolan's watching on Clayton and really what we're talking about is, is team purple versus team pinstripes is that you have guys who've watched each other for several years now and you know, they haven't watched tape. They've watched it in person to know like, okay, here's what doll does or, uh, Again, Blackman or, or Tapia, he's on the hill and he's watching what John Gray does on the mound and, and what pitches he's using and how and where and what scenario and situation. So he's going up there with that knowledge, too. He just never has to tap into that. That's right. something that you're just feeling. So it's it's still a really good exercise in doing the little things well here for for the Purples and for the Pinstripes. Yeah. Or for the yeah. bailers. Okay. The hurdles. again if you're on Twitter go out and vote do you do you like those names purple versus the pinstripes should it be team Helton versus team Walker that's that's gotten a lot of votes that's been the, one of like the most that. popular ones
0: yeah yeah I like that but yeah the, I mean these guys are bringing it David Dahl tried to rob Nolan Arenado's <laughs> home run and then uh, yelled something at him that I won't repeat here. Um, but, and speaking of yelling things, cause, cause there's nobody there. So we can hear, and Daniel Murphy is the king of yelling stuff. That's absolutely hilarious as he's running the bases. Why would you do um, that? What are you doing? Don't even try it kid. Uh, just, he's just, he's just hilarious. He's always talking. He's always talking guys up, talking to the umpire who's his own coach. Come on red. You gotta do better than that red. Uh, <laughs> we can hear him up there, but I'll give you one that's at the center of the conversation as we move it now a little bit more into the theoretical because one that actually happened, these other ones we're talking about, and Hilliard, you know, maybe Dal Marquez on paper. You go, yeah, Dal Marquez on paper sounds absolutely fantastic, but don't you want to see John Gray versus Nolan Arenado? And the answer to that question is, yes, you do want to see that. And we have a couple of times. Um, Unfortunately for John, it has not gone his way. Uh, Yet, he did plunk Nolan with a a curveball that just just got away from him, just slipped out of his hand and got Nolan in the media, and he did nothing, obviously. Um, But the other at-bats, the one I want to talk about, because this might be probably the best uh, face-off that we've seen, rocky on rocky competition here. Because while Nolan eventually did hit a home run on uh, a hanging slider, it was a three-2 count for a minute he laid off some tough pitches and john got him to swing at two three two breaking balls out of the zone that nolan just barely fouled off You might be thinking well that's that's good nolan was able to get a piece keep himself alive and eventually hit the home run it's good when it works out that way but when you're swinging at pitches outside the zone like that you're you're leaving it a little bit in luck's hands whether or not you're going to make contact on a little more bite, a little more slide, a little further away from you, and that's exactly the pitch that Nolan Arenado told the two of us specifically on the last day of the season last year that he has got to stop swinging at. And John got him to swing at it twice, but he got a piece. So John's going L- like I'm like the, the hitter three two count. I'm right. I'm these are the pitches I'm working on. I'm getting him to offer at pitches he shouldn't be offering at, which means good movement, good deception. Good location. And then you give in and you throw a bad slider on the third one. And a guy like Nolan Arenado is not going to miss it. Um, but that's why you don't just go, Nolan hit a home run against John Gray. God, John's b- bad again. Because everyone else that John Gray faced would, would beg to differ with you in these last couple of days. And so those are the kinds of matchups where you go, this is fascinating stuff.
1: Absolutely. I, I, I went to a game once in Camden Yards where uh Blue Jays Orioles the Orioles won one nothing. So you go, Oh the Blue Jays pitcher, i you know, he pitched okay but he gave up a run. He gave up one hit, he gave up a solo home run to Harold Baines. That was it. So again, you go John Gray, oh he gave up a home run. He's well that was the only run he gave up that day. All the Rockies need to do is score. Uh, let me think about that, two runs oh, seven. or three, four gets the job done, seven gets the job done and we all get tacos, so again just, <laughs> and it's a home run against one of the best hitters in the game so uh, there, it's an obvious, you know, just one of those matchups that you win some, you lose some and again, we know the best in the game fail seven out of ten times, and at Coors Field, maybe they only fail six out of ten times, but still, <laughs> the advantage is in the pitcher's hand, and that's another one of those matchups, Drew, you're right, where the next time it's Gray against Arenado, you're going to be watching to say, okay, who makes that next adjustment? And does Nolan know the adjustment Gray's going to make so that he can then win that battle again? I, I don't see it going for a homer, but it, it very well could happen. In fact, the other matchup was Arenado homered off McGee, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, one thing that I had tweeted out was I, I found a list of all of the pitchers that Nolan had homered off of in one at-bat. So they only faced each other once, and Nolan homered in that at-bat. It that was like 13 guys. And then there's like 36 guys who have only faced Nolan once and struck him out in that one matchup. Wayne yeah. Davis is one of those guys, Adam Adovino, uh Rex Brothers, and Jake McGee. So I would love, and again, that's one of the things that we don't have right now in, in this world is the opportunity to go in the clubhouse and just go, Nolan, hey, real quick, this is this is almost off the record. Do you know Jake McGee, the only time you guys faced each other, and of course we would have the date, and we would say, you know, when he was with Tampa, you know, yeah. that one interleague matchup, you were a rookie, he struck you out, and maybe he goes, oh, well, I knew that. I knew that, oh, I, and I could yeah. not wait. And it's like, oh, I face him a bunch of times, you know, in spring training. But every time I face him, you know, when we're just having those, you know, live pitching and hitting, I always try to dominate because that's all I think about, you know. And we don't, we don't have that luxury right now, but you don't doubt that that's one of those things that rattles around the brains of these ultra-competitive types and those ultra-talented types like that of Nolan Arenado.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a couple of those I've thought about as I'm I'm watching him hit some of these like was that the pitch you were looking for? You know, he likes to go to that in those situations because you've seen it so many times out there. You know, yeah, yeah, a couple of things like that. Uh, just just very curious to see how much they're they're trying to get after each other and and the strategy that they're using against each other i think that's that's one of the most interesting things all right as i take one last sip here because i'm running out of strava craft coffee are there remember dnvr 20 you get 20 percent off cbd it's delicious it's wonderful um theoretical matchups uh you know i i don't I think we've seen or if we did it was one at bat and it was uneventful like freeland versus mcmahon i want to see some of that i don't think we've seen scott oberg out there yet unless i missed it um so oberg is a guy i want to see oberg versus everybody i want to see oberg come out there and show all these dudes what's up um so so that's why you know uh marquez again versus just about anybody davis versus mcmahon was a really really good matchup for Davis on, on that side of things but uh, Trevor Story versus Kyle Freeland I want to see that a little bit, I want to see what how Kyle, because that's, Kyle needs to figure out that kind of hitter and Story needs to figure out that kind of pitcher when Kyle's at his best that trickery, change up stuff falling away from you, the two seamer running away from you Kyle's whole thing to a right-handed power hitter is don't let this guy turn on something and pull it out of the ballpark. Force them to take an opposite field approach. And, you know, Story can hit you with pop the other way too. Um, would Story wait back on that changeup and try to hit it over the right field wall at Coors? I'd, I I want to see that one.
1: Yeah, Oberg versus Murphy. Again, you know, Oberg, Oberg isn't, you know, the same kind of veteran caliber that, that Daniel Murphy is. He's, he's quite a bit year, a few years younger. But again, Oberg as kind of being the guy that, man, he's he's in his prime as reliever and the guy that, you know, all things being the same, you, you say that's your guy in the ninth inning. And the, the adjustments that he makes against a veteran like Murphy, who then in turn makes adjustments on Oberg. So I like that kind of a matchup. And, yeah. and you, you look at, you know, some of the younger guys or you look at a guy like uh, Carlos Estevez, who is is back and, and he wants to be that top setup guy and eventually closer again like he was his rookie year in, in 2016. Right. So he's got that heavy fastball. And I keep thinking back to the, what Matt Holliday said to David Dahl about like, let the pitcher do all of the work. Just get good, you know, good, good wood on it. You know what I mean? And, and the pitcher is going to provide all of that power. So you go, all right. Estevez, David Dahl, how does that one end
0: up? Or Sam Hilliard. Yeah, because Dahl, because I think, because you're right, I think Dahl's going to take his nice even swing, let Estevez provide the power, and that's still going to be a lot of power, and he's going to hit the ball real far. I think Hilliard, (laughs) you may need to make a little bit more of a mistake to Sam, but I think that might be your best possible uh distance if you're looking for it if we could get stevez to just make a mistake on a hundo right down the middle and and get sam hilliard to lean on it i think he could hit one through the party deck
1: (laughs) i you know the rockies haven't used all of their guys on on their their 60-man roster right now they're at 52 uh they said wes parsons and tommy doyle were going to be you know, eventually, a part of of everything. Um, it, it was stated that they were going to be a part. You know, they're going to go to the satellite site. So I doubt that they're just working out in Albuquerque. Only those two guys. So eventually, it will be 54. And you know, I I think the Rockies would be wise to use uh, any or all of those final six spots on some of the younger players just to help with their development. We've seen so many other teams yeah. around MLB do that. So you know, maybe in the future. Uh, later this year we see the return of Ubaldo Jimenez maybe and we also see the Rockies debut to help with his development of Zach Veen how would that be for two not even back-to-back generations different generations going head-to-head against each other it's it's very much like what happens in in pro wrestling here, it was about time when we talked about it, where they say. bring some of these older guys back for like one match against a young guy, kind of the passing of the torch, like Velveteen Dream and one night only, Shawn Michaels. And you go, oh, yes, you got to have those two guys I've against each other. That would be Ubaldo against Zach Veen, kind of the passing of the torch from wow. one generation to two later generations down yeah. the line. Yeah. That would be cool.
0: Yeah, that would be, that would be really <laughs> cool. Get Cargo back in the fold on a, a two-day contract. Just to, First of all, he should retire as a Rocky. And second of all, seeing Baldo against Cargo at spring training one was super mm. cool. Um, Bring up but Chris yeah, McMahon. Like that's the, Chris McMahon and Cargo. Boom, let's go. Oh, my. The, the, now, these are the matchups we got going on here. And I do just want to see more Ryan Rollins. I, I will say, Patrick, is somebody who didn't get over-the-moon excited when they drafted him and paid some attention to his first couple of years in the minors. Um, He's quickly becoming one of those guys who perk up a little bit. You know, it's it's like right now when Brendan Rodgers comes to the plate. You focus in a little bit more, right? Whichever way you think it's going to go. And Ryan Rollison is, and I know he's like number two on our prospect list, so I shouldn't be, but he's uh, like... I want to see more Ryan Rollison. I want to see as much of it as possible. He's way closer than I thought. And he's poised. And those are the things that that you can't measure, that you can't look at his box score statistics and see. And when I, I see him take the mound at Coors Field with a runner on base, and he's facing Nolan Arenado, who hits left-handed pitching at nearly a 400 batting average. And this kid who's not pitched above high A ball, yet to make his MLB debut, gets him to roll over an easy one to the shortstop and walks off the field like it's what was supposed to happen. I am very intrigued by Ryan Rawlison.
1: Absolutely. It's it's one of the reasons why I thought maybe if the Rockies were in contention last year in 2019 that if you need to bring up a guy late in September out of the pen, he can get a couple guys out. That's a, that's a possibility, and and that's still a possibility this year too, right? We'll see what happens. Uh, we both think Pazos is is going to do a, a really great job as as that top lefty out of the pen. Philip Deal has a shot. Uh, you still have Tim Collins as a possibility uh, if if you know you want to give him another go at it, or yeah, you. You give him an opportunity to say, "Look, it's a little, it's a little pressurized. Obviously, no doubt, um, it's a little less because there's no fans in the ballpark. But you're not starting a game where you want to go six or seven. But more realistically, you know what? Be okay with four or five innings. It's no, you got three guys to get out. They're good. You know, we're talking about Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, and Justin Turner. But you know what? You're the guy that we want. You know, in in that matchup, let's say." Uh, I only one of those guys is a lefty, but, but still you get the idea. And, and and again, seeing Rawlison against a Michael Toglia or a Grant Levine, two other left-handed hitters, that would be cool. Again, down the line when it seems like, you know what, we're not going to use all 60 of these spots. Let's, let's give these guys an opportunity to, to face off against one another. And hopefully we, we at least get some B-roll down at, at Isotopes Park down there in Albuquerque, and we get a chance to see those guys going against each other and against some of the veterans. Because, you know, say what you will about, about you know, an Eric Stamets or a Daniel Bard, but these guys have been around for a while. They're crafty veterans, and, you know, these young guys can learn so much from those vets. And so to see any of them, Go against each other. Well, might not you know? I I'm not going to stop everything that I'm I'm doing. You know, to watch Alexander Guillen against Eric Stamets, I do want to see that matchup, and I am curious to see you know the adjustments that Guillen might make there. Uh, so you know, it's there's going to be some some interesting wrinkles still to come uh, in the 2020 season, and yeah, I, I can't wait. It, it's, yeah. it starts right now. It's 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 happening as we speak.
0: It, it really is. And of course, the biggest matchup that we need to see next is Charlie Blackman against anybody. That's right. And that that'll be, of course, what we're going to dive into here in these next couple of days. We're coming up on it, folks. This is really our this is our last full week of offseason. Hopefully everyone cross your fingers that nothing bad happens before next week. But this is it. This is kind of a finalization time. So the Stay with us over the next couple of days as we, you know, finalize some of these thoughts on how the Rockies are going to. We've, we've pretty much gone through their roster, but, you know, what the strategy is going to be this year, who's going to be in certain roles, uh, who's going to be the most important members of this team. We're going to be having some fun interviews. We're going to be playing some fun games. Remember to come hang out with us on Wednesday for the DFA show. That's going to be. A whole lot of fun this week. We're going to be talking all-star games because, well, we were supposed to have an all-star game this year and we didn't get one. We're not going to get one, Patrick, but we are going to get a celebration of them. You and I are going to do that. Wednesday again around the three o'clock hour. So make sure that you're subscribed both to the dmbr.com to our YouTube channel. You like, you share, you subscribe on YouTube. You can come and join us for the live chats as we're playing games on Wednesday at three. Also the Facebook and the Periscope. You can follow along with us there as well get some cool merch over at the dnvr merch store it's not only cool some of it can even help save lives because we've got masks that will you know do very important things towards saving lives and help you represent your city in the meantime other than that we can only ask that you continue to be absolutely awesome out there we will continue to be absolutely patrick lyons and drew in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark